0: Uh, we praise God for all that he's doing and uh, happy Thanksgiving we will partake this week all around this nation I was in Trinidad several years ago my first trip and back in the 90s and they said when I was there in May and they told me they said we're going to go to a Thanksgiving And I mean, I knew nothing about the nation. I'm thinking, aren't you guys off a little bit on your dates here? I mean, you know, Thanksgiving's in November. And I didn't realize what they were saying. And so I asked about it, and they told me, they said, here Thanksgiving can happen throughout the year. Because what happens is that when a family has been blessed and sometimes it's someone got a promotion or they're thankful for something that God has done. It may be a new home. It may be something that he's done for children that they will have a Thanksgiving celebration and they invite in all their friends and family and they come in and they have this big feast and they literally Get up at during that feast, and they begin to thank God for what they're thankful for, and give Him praise and adoration. And I was really taken back by it, and I thought, "Wow, man! You know, we sit down to turkey and sometimes forget to thank God." With that in mind, I want to speak to you today from. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Say it with me one more time. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for all that you've done. Lord, we ask you, God, to help us to remember, to carry, Lord, that spirit of thanks, God, the attitude of gratitude, Lord, and to be mindful, Father, of what you've done for us. And we ask that you'd have your way in this service today. God, plant your word in our hearts, God, and let it grow, Father, that that transforms us into who you've called us to be. We ask in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. So I want to— preach to you from this topic for just a moment. If you would turn around and look somebody right in the eye. Go ahead. I'll give you a moment to get an eye. Are are you ready? Look at somebody. And this is what I want you to do. As heartfelt as you can, I want you to look at them and say, thanks a lot. lot. (laughs) Try it one more time. Thanks a lot. lot. How, How many of you have ever heard that? Thanks a lot. Well, here I want to speak to you about Thanks a lot. Paul writes to us, in everything give thanks. And then he, he stiplifies that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, in everything give thanks. And here's, here's the uh, catch. Are you ready? He didn't say, thank God for everything. He said, in everything give thanks. So there's a lot of stuff that you're going to walk through that you don't thank God for. I mean, you know, how many of you, you know, when you go to the dentist and he's drilling inside your mouth. I went to a dentist in Mexico one time. The guy had no running water. He's drilling my tooth and smoke is coming out of my mouth. And I'm thinking my mouth's on fire, man. This guy's got no water. I'm going, he said, you need some water? Yeah. He pours a glass, has me spit and there's no drain. He's got a five-gallon bucket underneath the sink that's catching it. So I wasn't in there thanking God that that man was drilling my mouth with no water. And, you know, usually when they drill, they have a hose, you know, where they're hosing you down. I wasn't thanking God that there was no hose. I wasn't thanking God for the drill, but I was thanking him in the midst of it. Are you with me? You don't always thank God for it, but you thank him in it, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul's saying no matter what you find yourself going through, you don't have to thank him for it, but you do need to thank him in it. Are you with me? You all must have had some turkey before you got in here today. Uh, Everybody say, I'm with you. So let's talk a little bit about this, how this plays out in real life. How many of you have ever heard about a guy named Jonah? Remember Jonah? God speaks to Jonah. And God tells Jonah, you go preach to Nineveh and you tell them to repent because in 40 days, I'm going to wipe them out. I'm taking them off the face of the earth. Now, one thing you ought to know about Nineveh is Nineveh had caused a tremendous amount of pain to Israel. They had murdered them. They had abused them. They had mistreated them. They were an arch enemy, a sworn enemy of Israel. And Jonah hears God say, in 40 days, I'm wiping them off the face of the earth unless they repent. Now, you you go preach repent. And jonah gets this idea you go 40 days huh and to be gone wiped off i think i'm going to try and run from god for 40 days (laughs) he heads in the opposite direction he takes off because in his mind he's thinking all i got to do is avoid god for 40 days and they're gone you ever have Someone God asks you to minister to that you don't like. Anybody? Ain't nobody raising their hands. Oh, there they go. That's because you're not sitting next to anybody back there. You don't have to <laughs> say you, you, you. He see. Here's what you have to understand is that we're all flesh, right? We're all human. So we have those emotions that we struggle with. And Jonah's thinking, man, these people have caused so much pain for our nation that all I have to do is run for 40 days and all our troubles are over. Does that sound like anything that's going on right now with Hamas and Israel and, and the idea that both sides are, causing, are calling for the annihilation of the other? But can I tell you that the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that we all need him? And aren't you glad that it wasn't up to somebody else to determine whether or not God was going to save you? whether or not you were worthy of salvation. Folks wrote me off a long time ago, but I'm so glad that when they wrote me off, God wrote me down in his Lamb's book of life. We don't have to worry about what everybody thinks or feels about us. It's about him, not them. Amen? And so Jonah takes off, and he literally man, gets on a ship and takes off the other direction, How many of you know that there's a God whose mercy is new every morning? How many of you glad for that mercy? How many of you've needed that mercy every morning, every morning, needed to see that demonstrated? And so God goes after Jonah, not Nineveh. God goes, no, 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 come, come back here. I'm not going to destroy a people without giving them an opportunity to hear my word. I'm not going to take somebody out without giving them every opportunity to turn their hearts toward me. And Jonah doesn't want that to happen. So on the ship he's on, they get a little bit of a storm going on. Any of you ever been on a cruise ship? wave your hand if you ever been on a cruise ship you ever been on a cruise ship and have to take drama mean my wife was taking drama mean and we didn't even have any storms going on she was she was I, I'm thinking what are you taking I was fine I thought I don't understand why you're having problems and I got up that morning and went up to the gym got on an elliptical that was facing a window So I'm going like this and the ship is going like this. And when you put the two together, I found myself in the floor of the bathroom hanging on. <laughs> Storms will mess with you. Anybody ever been in a storm before? Storms mess with you. Man, these people are doing their best. They're all crying out to their gods. But there are no gods that are answering because there is only one God, and the man that served him is trying to hide from him, and they discover him. Isn't it odd that how when you're a believer, that a storm can be going on and everybody's running around scared to death and you're asleep? That's where Jonah is. He's tucked into that ship, and they get him up, and they say, cry out to your God. And he says, look, I know why this is happening. When he tells them his story, they are now petrified. And he said, the only way that you're going to stop this is to throw me overboard. We don't want to do that to you. And they try and fight. How many of you know you cannot fight against God? I don't care how hard you try or how violently you row. You're not getting that ship to shore unless you acknowledge God. They finally took Jonah, threw him over. If you would throw that picture up. And when they threw him overboard, God had someone waiting for him. I wonder what everybody on that ship thought when they saw that fish come up out of the bottom of that ocean and swallow that man, and then they, and it all got quiet. I can tell you what's unique is that right after that, All those people that had been praying to all those different gods are now only praying to one God, (laughs) and it's Jonah's God. Amen? Jonah finds himself inside the belly of, he calls it, hell, a place of torment. Any of you ever gone scuba diving before? You know what it feels like when you go down so far and all of a sudden you start feeling the pressure it gets in your ears and and Jonah's inside that way or that fish but he knows he's gone to the bottom of the sea he can feel it he he writes about it he said I went down to the base of the mountains he talks about seaweed being wrapped around his head and in that situation Jonah gets an attitude adjustment. Isn't it amazing how God can get our attention? That that we, we can be, you know, ranting and raving one moment and that quick, man. God can apprehend us and turn it around. So now let me explain something. Jonah is not in the belly of that fish going, God, I just want to thank you for letting me be down here in the belly of this fish. This is so wonderful. I'm one of the only people that have had this experience and I'm so grateful for it. I don't think that's happening. He's not thanking him for it, he's thanking him in it. And I mean literally thanking him in it. And Jonah begins to talk about this. And and see, sometimes, how many of you have ever been something where you found it difficult to thank God? They thought, man, I, I can't thank God in this. Remember, you're not thanking him for it, you're thanking him in it. And this is what Jonah says in chapter 2 and verse 9. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah has been inside that fish for three days. And he doesn't know if he's coming out. And he got an attitude adjustment. And he started saying, God, I offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What I'm saying is that sometimes giving thanks can feel like a sacrifice. The word sacrifice in and of itself means to kill or slay and to offer and there's sometimes that trying to thank God in what you're in feels like it's killing you. It's slaying your emotions and it's ripping you apart. But remember, you're not thanking him for it. You're thanking him in it. And he begins to thank God in the midst of that. You know, there are several translations of Bible. Are you aware of that? So, this this passage, I want to read to you in a new translation. It's called the RMV, Rick McNeely version. Let's look at it in the original version. I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Here's the translation. I'm not thanking you for the mess I'm in. I'm thanking you in the mess I'm in. original i will pay what i have vowed translation i'm going to do what i promised i would do years ago when i got saved and god called me i made a promise to god i was so thrilled to preach the word you have to understand the first time I ever preached and felt the anointing it was like an out-of-body experience I was preaching and while I was preaching in my mind I'm going what is happening to me where are these words coming from and having experienced that I I remember telling God I promise you that I will always I, will ne- I said it this way, I will never turn down an opportunity to speak your word unless you tell me to. And I'm telling you, over the years in doing that, sometimes it's been a sacrifice. What, what do you mean? Well, Sometimes you, you don't feel well and you do it anyway. Sometimes you end up waiting in the middle of messes And you do it anyway. I remember a pastor calling me and they were having a big problem at their church. And he called me, we got to get you here. We got to have you here. And and I'm telling him, no, I can't on the phone. I said, I'm booked up. And and literally while I'm talking to him, God speaks to me and says, yeah, you are going to preach for him. And this is what you're going to preach. And I hear this in my ear while I'm talking to him and I'm telling him, "I, I don't have it. I told him, I said, I'll tell you what, if I get a cancellation, I'll call you. I'm telling you, it wouldn't but a couple of days later later I had somebody call me and cancel and I called him back up and ended up going to where his place and preached what God had spoken to me to preach but it was a sacrifice to wade into that Jonah is saying I'm ready man I'm I'm going to do what I promised you I would do I'm gonna go and tell Nineveh to repent original salvation is of the lord translation because god is the only one that can get me out of this mess let me read this all together now the rmv i am not thanking him for the mess i am in but i'm thanking him in the mess and i'm going to do what i promised i would do because god is the only one that can get me Out of this mess. You ever been there (laughs) where you thank Him, but it's a sacrifice. It's hard. Laid off, fired out of a job. You don't thank Him for it, you thank Him in it. Family troubles people at each other you're getting ready to have a family reunion and you want to stay home <laughs> folks agitated emotions high you don't thank him for it you thank him in it health issues sick and hurting anybody in here besides me ever found yourself in a bathroom floor, hugging a commode and thanking God. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh God, thank you. I'm not kidding, man. I've been there. You, you know what I'm talking about? Wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. If you've been, man, it's like, God, please, just like, oh, thank you, Father. I thank you. Thank you. I wasn't I wasn't thanking God for it I was thanking him in it and sometimes with my head in the commode thanking him because he hadn't forgotten me see we've misinterpreted scripture and what it means to be a Christian somewhere someone started preaching that if you give your life to God, all your problems will disappear and vanish. And that's a lie out of the pit of hell. Because the devil doesn't really get after you until he knows you're getting ready to make a difference. And then he'll throw everything he's got at you. So I've, I've learned you have to buckle up and just thank him not for it, but thank him in it. I was in a mission trip, doing a trip, and I, all this stuff was happening. I had a young man with me, and things were happening. He nearly flipped a, a van. He, he tilted it up on two wheels, and it came back down, and all those people were in it. And Debbie, they'd been saying, you know, he'd been having some trouble along the way. And I'd I, I stopped him. I said, do I need to drive? I thought he was getting tired of something. I said, do I need to drive? And Debbie's in the back. No, no, we're fine. We're fine. You know, he's, she's encouraging him. A, a few hours later, when that dude tipped, I walked up there, and I'm, I'm saying, is everybody okay And there? Debbie's in the back behind him going, get in here and drive now, get in here and drive. And so she wasn't thanking God for it. She was thanking him in it. And so there, there are those times. And, and literally, it, you know, it, it, things just started to happen to him throughout the trip. And he finally, uh, about the middle of the trip, he, he was ready to throw up his hands and quit. He said, I don't understand. I'm trying to do all this stuff, and all this is happening. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you you need to understand something. I said, this is part of the journey. And I said, the sooner you understand that, the easier you're going to be able to navigate it. Because anytime I get ready to do a mission trip, I anticipate that something is going to happen. I'm not declaring something's going to happen. I'm not speaking that over me. But in my spirit, I'm just braced for it. And when it does, I'm not thanking God for it. But I've learned to thank him in it. I've learned to raise my hands begin to praise God and say devil you're not going to win this battle I I thank God that I'm still here and I'm still strong and I'm still able I thank God that you've not forgotten me but you've been with me through this process not thanking him for it but thanking him in it listen to this passage of scripture Philippians 4 6 and 7 This is Paul. Don't worry about anything. Turn around and look at your name and say, Don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Instead, now here's what you're supposed to do instead of worry pray. Never thought of that. (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Sometimes we want something so bad, we ain't praying about that. We just know I'm, I don't wanna, I'm not asking God because he may say no. So, but he says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, I love that word then. See, we can't figure out why nothing's happening. He said, look, you you need to understand how this works. You don't worry about anything, but you pray about everything and give him thanks for all he's done then. See, then isn't going to happen until you take care of the first part of that. Pray about it. Thank him for it. You're not thanking him for what's happening you're thinking him in what's happening he said then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus i'm telling you when you get a hold of that you have got a weapon to use against the devil because when the devil starts bombarding you and trying to lay it all out on you you go you go what i'm not going to worry this about this i'm just going to begin to think and praise God I'm going to pray about everything and I'm going to thank him and then I'm going to get peace like a river I'm going to get peace that passes all understanding God is going to take care of it everybody say take care of it does this actually work ask the pilgrims give me that ship this is why we're celebrating this Thursday In November of 1620, well, actually not November. in, In 1620, 102 passengers got on a ship that was about 100 feet long and 24 feet wide. And that ship was built as a cargo ship, not a passenger ship. Their living space would be because of all the cargo and the deck that they were on, the living space was 58 feet by 24 feet. For 66 days, 102 passengers are shoved in just a little over 1,300 square feet of space. How big is your house? Can you fathom 102 people living Eating, sleeping, going to the bathroom, and you have got no toilet. Getting sick, and there's no commode to hug. And they're in the you're in the middle of it all. It stunk. It stank. It stinks. I just thought I'd cover all of them. <laughs> Past, present, and future. And, 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 and look, you don't, you don't get away from that. You know, you don't, you don't get away from it, and you don't thank him for it, but you thank him in it. Sixty-six days of being tossed around like a rag doll. There were times that they had to lower the mast because it was threatening to rip the ship apart. And they just bobbed out there on the ocean, cold, wet, starving, 66 days. The journey wasn't pleasant, but the destination was worth it. Oh, you didn't catch what I said. (laughs) See, we get in our head that our journey is supposed to be. You remember Tiny Tim? Now, I know a lot of you got no idea who I'm talking about. There was a guy, like in the 70s, he had long hair, and he played this little violin. He used to go tiptoe through the tulips in the garden. Really, he was kind of a wacko. And I, you know, he'd come on television. He'd go, oh, and I'm thinking, I mean, literally, I used to get me you and know, make my skin crawl. And I'm thinking, what is this guy, you know? And so we act like if I'm living for God, I'm supposed to be tiptoeing through the tulips. And we forget that there are some thorns on roses and he is the sweet rose of Sharon. But the thorn never takes away the beauty of the rose or the fragrance of its owner. We have to learn how because the journey isn't easy, but the journey is always worth the destination. <laughs> when they landed, having experienced all of this. And they didn't even land at the spot they were supposed to land. But this is what William Bradford wrote, that they had maintained an attitude of gratitude. And Bradford wrote that when we landed, we fell on our knees and blessed the God of heaven who had brought us over a furious ocean and delivered us from our perils and miseries. When's the last time you were going through something? When's the last time that it was hard? And, it, and I mean, man, it felt like it was making you, your insides rip out. And in the midst of that, you just dropped down and raise your hands and started thanking God and praising God for keeping you and for taking care of you. Don't praise him for it. Don't thank him for it. Thank him in it. Amen. Somebody say it with me. I'm gonna thank him in it. That first winter, after that winter was over, Only about half of the passengers survived it. Some numbers vary, but they they claim that out of the 102, somewhere between 50 and 53 were left alive and the rest were all gone. Scurvy and sickness and starvation and bitter cold had taken them. That next spring, it would have been easy for them to have gotten up and said, I'm out of here, man. Forget this. I, I didn't sign up for this, but they didn't do that. Why? Because out of those passengers there were some that signed up for a new enterprise and for the chance of wealth but there were 40 some that signed up and said I'm looking for a place where I can worship God freely where I can raise my family without fear of the government's reprisal that's what I'm looking for and thank God today those men and women did not give up and did not go back because what we experience right now hangs on that journey somewhere somebody had to make a decision I want to worship God I want to be able to worship God from my heart instead of being dictated how I worship they felt like the Bible Was the only authority that could dictate to their life. And these men and women, before they got off that ship, got together and they, because they weren't, they didn't land where they were supposed to. So the charter that they had was no good. And they said, we can't just get off here and start doing anything we want to. So they drew up a, A compact called the Mayflower Compact and they signed it where they pledged to follow after God and to try and spread the gospel and bring glory to the king and and that this was for the acknowledgement of God where are we at today we're now a nation exists that's forgotten God no sir no ma'am this is the United States of America and we're still one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all I'm not going to let that be taken from me. Thanks a lot, because I got a lot to be thankful for. When at the end of that winter, instead of running, they stayed. They gathered seeds and with the help of Squanto, coaching them on how to plant. They planted their seed and prayed that the next winter wouldn't be like the first. When autumn came and fall came around, all of a sudden they saw the fruits of their labor. The Bible says that God's faithful not to forget your labor of love. And when they saw that abundance of crops, they began to gather together and they sent the men out to go hunt bird. That's why you got turkey on your table this Thursday, because that's what they were hunting bird and they invited the Indian friends came in 90 Indian Braves with Masioid leading the way came and they gathered together and for three days they feasted and gave thanks to God they had they played games and they enjoyed each other's company as they began to experience the first Thanksgiving and over 400 years later, the only record we have of the first Thanksgiving is Edward Winslow. Put his picture up. Do you realize that's the only picture of a pilgrim that made that voyage? That portrait was done in London it's the only picture of, uh, original picture that, that there is of anyone. Everyone else has just had to make up people's faces, but that's Edward Winslow. He's the one that penned 115 words talking about that Thanksgiving. And when he wrote about it, he wrote, he said, we were so grateful and thankful to God for his goodness. Man, does that sound like somebody had been through what he'd been through? And yet he's thanking God for his goodness and and, and praising God for the opportunity to be able to share with friends. And this is one of the things that he penned. And I'm going to do a little bit of translating here. And though it was always not so plentiful with us, wasn't always this way, they remembered when they didn't have but now they do have. And they said, it wasn't always as plentiful as it is now, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you to be partakers of our plenty. What was he saying? He said, man, God has brought us so far from where we were that it makes us so grateful and thankful that we want to share what we have with you. Listen to Psalms 79 and 13, so we, your people, and sheep of your pastor will give you thanks forever. (laughs) Somebody say that with me, thanks forever. We will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. And that's exactly what they did. Those words that managed to be captured have praised God forever and have shown forth to every generation after that that thanksgiving and that praise. That's why we're celebrating this Thursday, because someone what didn't thank God for what had happened, but they thank God in it. And it's reached our generation, and now it's our turn to do the same. What do you mean? Well, how many of you have had some challenges this year? Anybody, wave your hand if you've had any challenges. You don't have to thank God for them, but you do need to thank them in them. I'm not thanking God that this, you know, I'm not thanking God that I got a foot of my colon cut out, but I was thanking God in it because that, surgeon said, boy, if we hadn't caught this, this could have been bad. He could have taken. I mean, literally, man, it was like God gave me a second chance. How about you? Anybody out there God breathed a second chance into? Wave your hand if he's done that. Go on, give him some praise, man. If he's done that. Hey, you think I'm going to let the devil shut me up after all I've been through? No, no, I may not thank him for it, but I'm going to thank him in it and not forget how good God has been to me. So tell somebody. This this, this Thursday when you sit down, do not let a leg enter your mouth until your hand has entered the air. <laughs> don't 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 let anybody eat anything until you've taken time to thank God in it. I love this. Let me share this with me. After second service, it says, feeling gratitude after first service. I don't thank God for me. Just thank God with me. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Hey, throw up that picture, that last picture, please, of the, yeah. So today we're having a Thanksgiving feast here. You can smell it, and you can see it, but that's all as far as it goes. As Soon as we dismiss it, everybody go home. No, there's no way. You think that you're going to keep me from that food? God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies and you think i'm going to when i can smell it and i can see it i i, I see it by faith you think i'm going to let the devil keep me from it uh. i may have to thank god through some things and and and, and but I, i'm not going to let the devil take that away from me would you stand with me today this is what i want you to do i want you to take time right now to Thank God in it. I'm not asking you to thank him for it. I'm asking you to thank him in it. I had a brand new Jeep, 1979. It was beautiful. Baby blue, sky blue, had a trim line kit down the front of it. I was riding high. I hadn't had that Jeep for probably three months. And I was going down the Goreville blacktop one night on my way to church to serve God. When I saw a bunch of diamonds, turned out that they were cow's eyes. When my light hit their eyes, they sparkled in the night and soon I was close enough that my headlights lit up the rest of that body, black Angus cows all over the road. I'm talking about all over the road, a herd of them. I locked up brakes, (laughs) boom, boom, got out. and looked at my baby blue disaster. Whoa, did you thank God for it? (laughs) No. (laughs) And honestly, I was having trouble thanking him in it until a guy that went to the same church with me pulled up behind me in a Monte Carlo with his wife and two babies. And he walked up to me, and he put his arms around me, and he said, Rick, he said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I am so thankful that you hit those cows. I looked at him kind of funny. He said, I was coming up behind you. I was doing 70 miles an hour in this Monte Carlo. He said, if I had come up on those cows, it would have killed my family and me. And all of a sudden, thanking him in it wasn't quite as hard. Still didn't thank him for it, but I was able to thank him in it. You never know what God is working in your life and how he's going to use what you're in right now to change somebody's tomorrow. So you may not be able to thank him for it, but what do you say today? We thank him in it you stretch your hands to heaven with me, would you do it? I want you just to begin to revisit some things this year that you can thank him in and begin to take a moment and let an attitude of gratitude replace that spirit of heaviness. Let an attitude of gratitude grab a hold of your heart and begin to thank him in it. God, we praise you for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Matter of fact, I'd like for everyone right now, if you would, to just raise your hands to heaven with me. Would you raise your hand? Look, look straight up. And would you say this with me? Thanks a lot, God, because I got a lot to be thankful for. Oh, come on, give me a hand clap of praise. Thanks a lot, God. I got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. You sit down this Thursday, you thank God a lot because you got a lot to be thankful for. We're going to pray for the food outside. If you've got a special need, you're welcome to come to the front of this building. We'll pray for you. And and we'll dismiss, but let's, hey, can can I say this to you before we leave and go outside? I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, and I know Debbie's as well, we thank God for you, for this congregation and the love that you've shown and the way that you express that to others. I thank God Every time that someone comes here and they come up to me and they say, man, I felt so loved when I first walked through the door. Because it doesn't matter how much you know. John Maxwell, I think, is credited with this saying, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Thank him it and that shows how much you care amen god bless you we love you father we pray your blessing over the food today over the fellowship god let us have an attitude of gratitude and we thank you a lot in jesus name amen god bless you today you'll find ushers will be available to help you find seating if you would guys keep an eye on where there are open places Younger people, let the older people sit down. There's some chairs in the hallway on this side as well.